Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. We want to get in here. It's going to be another day of virus talk, I think, as uh, the nation tries to get ahead, get ahead of the virus. If you want to get in here, 608 785 7914. The Sugarloaf Ford talk and text line. Uh, I was reading a, a story on The Atlantic, which says uh, headline is cancel everything. Social distancing is the only way to stop the coronavirus. We must start immediately. It's written today or written yesterday. So probably have to update that today because the thing is just going to increased exponentially and they haven't called it COVID-19 yet. They're calling it coronavirus, which is a very general term for these kinds of viruses. Arguing online on Facebook uh, with people who tell everyone to be more worried about the flu because more people have died from the flu and we shouldn't worry about the coronavirus. Just wash your hands, which is kind of annoying. (laughs) Like, Wash your hands. It's an airborne illness, so washing your hands, although not something we shouldn't do. Not something we shouldn't do. What? Uh, it's probably not going to stop the virus if you get if it's in your general vicinity. Uh, listen to a podcast today, the Joe Rogan podcast. He brought an expert on. They talk for like his podcasts are really long, a couple hours sometimes. And I didn't get through all of it, but, you know, the, the, the guy talked about you know, it, it, it's like the flu and that it's an airborne illness, but it, we have no idea what's going to happen here. It could, it could spread, but it's going to spread exponentially. So it's going to keep, keep coming at us. There's no vaccine. Everyone's going to get it, right? <laughs> so that's where we're at. Big meeting today at UW Lacrosse. Took some Q&A from reporters. Uh, both Brad and Drew were there kind of covering both aspects of COVID-19 and what UW Lacrosse is doing. But I'm going to bring Joe Gao on, Chancellor Joe Gao, at 5.15. So after this news break, we're going to go to news real quick and and then bring him on. And just we, I'll just ask him, you know, UWL's plans, they kind of went from a little bit of a roller coaster. So I'm being a sports journalist or former sports journalist or sometimes sports journalist. And uh, I have a couple of friends that are, you know, in this in this field. So one of my friends is a track coach. So I was kind of asking him what's up because I started seeing stuff online about the track team. UWL has a an amazing track team. The women are number one this year. Usually the men are the number one team, but the women are number one this year in indoor track. The men are number five, I believe. Uh, the men have a NCAA Division Three record, 18 indoor track titles. And they're going to nationals this weekend, tomorrow. Or Friday, not tomorrow. It's not Thursday. Dang it, it's not Thursday. Uh, so men and women are, are going to nationals. Well, last night, UWL said, nope, travel ban, essentially. Uh, not going to nationals and believe nationals are North Carolina. And a lot of people upset. No other team, no other school in the conference has this kind of ban. So 
Uh, a lot of people are like, why us, essentially, and why the number one team in the nation, right? And then in the number five team in the nation, they have the women have 16, 16 individuals going, competing in nine events. The men have 15 individuals going, competing in 11 events. So they really want to go. They might win nationals. That's what my friend had on the team said, too. He's like, we want to go, you know? So they announced today that since no other schools in the conference are doing that, they're lifting that. So they're headed to nationals. Lucky for them, maybe not lucky for anyone around them when they come back, right? Uh, NCAA tournament, no crowds are going to happen at March Madness basketball tournament. There won't be crowds. Uh, that news came today, so uh, this this thing's taking over, right? It's, it's taking over our lives. It's taking over my show the last two days. Uh, but but we're going to get uh, Joe Gao in here. I'm going to hit news here in a minute. And uh, we'll just see what we'll just see what Joe Gao has to say. They had a, a, a press conference today at 3 p.m. tomorrow. I think Viterbo is going to have some information. Um, they weren't ready to to talk today. They said they're going to put something out tomorrow about what their plans are. So everyone facing the same thing. And uh, UW Madison canceled face to face classes. UW uh, University of Minnesota did the same. And you know, like you can just run down schools in the state that are that are doing this, uh, that are doing the taking steps to slow the spread, which is inevitable. UW Stout, I think, is going to online classes. UW Eau Claire's classes are still on. Marquette's deciding tomorrow. Uh, like I said, Viterbo tomorrow. UW Whitewater, I think they're on spring break. They haven't made a decision. UW UW Milwaukee is extending spring break. Um, what are we up to? Three infected in Wisconsin, or is it six? No, I think it's six now. I think we're up to six. It doubled in the last day, so which is kind of what happens. It doubles and then it doubles and then it double exponential, right? Uh, I don't know if it's it's that's that's not like a fact. That's not, but that's kind of how it goes. Like kind of how it goes. And and WHO declared uh, the coronavirus COVID nineteen a global pandemic today too, right? So anyway, uh, let's hit news. We'll come back. I'll get Joe Gow on the phone. We'll uh, we'll talk to him for a couple minutes. We'll be back after this. I was a. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914, the Sugarloaf Four talking text line. Um, talking about the COVID nineteen coronavirus, how it's affecting us all, and UW Lacrosse. Chancellor Joe Gao on the phone with me now. How's it going, Joe? Very good, very good. Good to be with you. Yeah, it could be better, I suppose. Um, now we we just had a news story, and I'll just real quick. You're you're on spring break next week. You're going to suspend classes, so everyone's essentially getting a two week spring break to go out in the world and get coronavirus, right? <laughs> well, I wouldn't put it that way. No, of course, that's how I would. Going to use use those two weeks to make sure that we're. Uh, able to bring classes into online and other formats and give the students a little time. And, you know, frankly, anybody that does travel to areas which were discouraging, but that, you know, we can't control everything that everybody does, but that would give them also some time to assess if they had any health issues. Yeah, it's it's about a two-week window if somebody gets it and, and needs to quarantine themselves is what I'm seeing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so spring break next week, suspending classes for a week, and then online classes after that. In April 6th, you'll kind of reassess the situation, right? That's right. And, you know, as we've seen, this changes really by the hour. 
So um, we wanted to give plenty of time to you know see how it develops and then where we go from there. Will you? The the worry for a lot of people is is you know the your your students most of them I would say are probably in that seventeen to twenty two year old range. They're probably going to be able to power through this from what we know. Um, is it? Are you doing this to to maybe help faculty and older students and just you know the older population is the one that that would really be affected by this? Well, the bottom line, and you're right. The bottom line, though, is we want to do everything we can to make sure that none of our people bring this virus into the lacrosse community where there are older people who are much more uh, at risk. So we don't want to be the ones to do that. So that's the message to our people is don't travel and, you know, take care and wash your hands and, you know, um, be attentive to this so that we don't uh, have any issues. What does your faculty do during this? Uh, so they're, do, are they on spring break too, or do they get a two-week spring break, or are they just going to power through and figure out how to teach classes online? Yeah, um, we'll, their work will be doing the transition to the other format. And for some people, you know, they've already taught online and they know how to do that. Others, it's brand new. So we want to leave plenty of time to um, get them into that mode. Uh, have you have you had any trouble with students who I, this seems crazy, but like can't get online or does don't have access to be able to do classes online? I haven't heard about that yet. We do want to be careful on that because you know depending upon where you live, you have broadband or not. Um, so this will be something that we'll learn about, and we'll do everything we can to make sure everybody has access. Um, I was I was talking. I have a, one of my friends is a track coach, and I was seeing on social media last night uh, there was you essentially banned travel for for athletes, maybe for everybody, but banned the the athletic teams from traveling. And uh, the, your your track team is pretty good, and they they think national title here in the on the weekend. Um, and you have since lifted that ban, and you're going to let the track team go to I believe North Carolina. Um, how how do you come about that decision? Well, to be clear, we are really proud of our track team, and they're one of the premier programs in uh, Division Three. And, you know, when I'm in Madison and talking to the chancellor, and they've had great success, of course, at football and basketball, but track and field, boy, that's a, a UWL thing. So that was a very tough uh, decision to make, and we are concerned about the safety of those athletes and also, you know, this notion of if they go to an area – where they're around that virus, if they would bring it back. So we wanted to avoid that. So we made the decision to uh, not have them go. And then subsequently we heard from the conference and the UW system that they thought it was best to make a decision like that in concert with the other schools in the conference, uh, you know, and and do it as a united decision. And the other schools are saying, you know, we're going to, let those athletes go. So we changed our mind on that, and we are uh, letting them go. Now we're obviously saying to them, you know, there's some risk here, and you need to be mindful of that. And if situations change, we may need to ask you to come back. Um, you know, we've had that situation happen with students in other countries where, uh, you know, initially it looked like, okay, the virus wasn't very widespread, but then the level 
of concern change. So we're, we're going to be watching that very carefully, but those students uh, will be, and, and, you know, if they choose not to go, we certainly would understand that, but that's their uh, decision uh, to make. Um, this, this isn't unique. I mean, it's, a, it, the, you know, the, this case obviously is unique, but have you had to deal with stuff like this in the past? No, this is unprecedented for our university and all of higher education. I mean, I've been an administrator for about 30 years and I've never seen a situation quite like this. I mean, sometimes there are crises and natural disasters that affect the campus, but to have it happen to all of higher education is very unusual. And do you do you feel like you're doing the right thing, or are you just being very over? Because a lot of people are just like, this is overkill. Like we're being overly cautious. Um, I, I guess you know how tough was it is it to make these decisions? And and do you do you look at schools like Madison that's doing the same thing and go and just follow their lead, or do you guys all talk to each other? We do all talk to each other, uh, and you know um, it's a question of striking the right balance. And I think that when you uh, get the opinion of scientists and healthcare professionals, they're really saying it's not a question of if, it's when. And so we're trying to do everything we can to, you know, slow that down and get people ready and try to get a handle on this. But it, it is very unusual. And, you know, these kids are going to, these students, they're not kids, they're, they're mainly adults, but they're, they're going to, do you, do you tell them, hey, don't travel or, you know, if you travel, because they're going to come back and, and maybe they, they will have this. And, and, and then when they do, because the, they all live in town, you know, like they're, you know, if they're on campus housing, I don't know if they can, they can still live there during spring break, but um, they, they're going to come back eventually. Do you, do you tell them to try to just be safe or don't get exposed, or what are you telling them? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you make a great point. We can um, control on-campus housing, and we're going to have that open during this period, but people don't necessarily need to be there if they want to be somewhere else. That's why we're doing the courses in online and other formats. But the majority of our students live off-campus, and, you know, that's something that, they're adults and they have their homes and, you know, that's up to them. So a lot of this is giving the students good advice and hoping that they listen. And, you know, I have been meeting with lots of students, faculty and staff, and I think everybody understands the seriousness of this situation. And I think we will come together and do our part to, you know, minimize the risk that the virus does occur in lacrosse. Do you have to think about students that, you know, they're, they've paid for coming to UWL, they paid for classes in, you know, going, literally going into classes, getting taught hand, you know, face to face. And now you're saying we're going to, we're going to, you know, suspend classes. We're going to have online classes and maybe you'll have online classes for the rest of the semester. Do you have to think about students? Hey, I didn't pay for this. I, this isn't what I want. You, I don't know, like, is there a, like a tuition reimbursement or anything like that down the road coming? Well, I think our faculty and staff are going to be just as accessible as they are now. It just will be that we're not meeting in groups. And, you know, faculty do have office hours that students can come and get one-on-one, and that will continue. Um, so I don't know that this will be a dramatic departure. And, you know, we no one, none of us saw this coming. 
So I, I don't know that, you know, it's not as if we chose this. So right. we're doing the best we can with what we have. And certainly the classes will continue and students will get their grades and their credit. Um, so we don't see a need to you know do anything as far as uh, changing tuition or anything like that. Um, the, the fact that you guys talk, you know, amongst the UW system and, and want to be uniform in what you do, but I, I do see like Eau Claire is still going to have classes and Whitewater hasn't made a decision, but what about talking with the schools in town, you know, Viterbo, Western Tech, do you, do you have conversation with them to, to keep that uniformity to do the same thing? Yes. You know, um, I, I don't know that I'd say uniformity, but, uh, Glenna Temple at Viterbo and Roger Stanford at, um, Western Technical College, we're all friends, and we uh, collaborate frequently. So we have been in contact uh, on the phone and email about what's happening on the campuses. And each of us has a team, a pandemic pandemic planning team on our campus, and we've put those leads in touch with one another. So you know, this is a time I think we 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 know that we have great uh, education and healthcare in lacrosse and those connections will serve us well in this situation. Okay. Um, Joe, did I miss anything or I, I, I probably did, but I just, am I, am I missing anything that you think you need to bring, bring out to the public? No, you know, we're, we're um, doing all those things that you said and we're addressing issues. And I think all of us will learn from the situation and there are probably things that are unforeseen um, you know, and, and we'll have to adapt, but um, we feel uh, confident that we're taking the right steps and uh, we'll keep a close watch on the situation and modify as we need to. Oh, I guess I, one other thing that if, if you if you do have a student and maybe they're on campus or or at least in town and they're starting to feel symptoms, do they go to? Uh, you know, what would you say they do? They call, do that. Do you have like a, a health facility on campus that they should call, or should they call? You know, what 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 would you say they do? Well, the key thing is that word call. Yeah. Um, and and this is what the health professionals at Gunderson and Mayo and our, our health center tell us: if you're going to come in and you think you may have this virus, call ahead so that you know there's no risk that you're going to infect anybody when you arrive, and then they would make arrangements uh, to see and uh, diagnose and treat that person. Sure. All right. Thanks a lot, Joe. Oh, great to talk with you. Thank All right. You. See you later. Uh, that's University of La Crosse, Wisconsin. University of La Crosse, Wisconsin, Chancellor Joe Gao on the phone, just kind of updating us on where they're at. Uh, a lot of this, a lot of these schools in the area uh, from UW Madison, from Mar- from UW Milwaukee, all the way up to University of Minnesota, uh, suspending classes and face to face classes going online. But all right, so we're gonna hit uh, Scott's comment in the news. We can come back and and keep talking about this and get your opinions. I also have a friend I'm gonna call towards the end of the hour who lives in Seattle and just get their get get her opinion on how Seattle's doing doing with this because they're ahead of the timeline on this than we are and I believe if she, I believe she's a teacher I know her daughter I believe her daughters have uh their school has been suspended I believe but we'll get it we'll get those answers when when I bring her on all right Scott's coming the news next we'll be back after this on wisdom All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, we're talking another day, another show about the coronavirus. 608-785-7914, the Sugarloaf Ford Talk and Text Line. 
Joe Gow was just on. I'm going to have my friend from Seattle call in. This is going to hit. Seattle's been hit hard, and, you know, it's just going to slowly or quickly, you know, move inland. So it's going to be here eventually. I just, you know, reading a story, um, the attending physician of Congress in the U.S. Supreme Court said he's ex- he expects 70 to 150 million people in the United States to become infected with the COVID-19 coronavirus, which was identified in 2019. Um, yeah, so if you want to get in here, I think Kevin's calling in. Kevin and I were doing a show off the air, so he's going to he's gonna bring the show on the air. Kevin, how's it going? Uh, really good. How are you, Rick? I guess it could be going better. I shouldn't ask how is, how is it going with uh, news like this, because it's not going good, <laughs> although we're all probably doing pretty well at this point. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the show we did off the air was was a little bleak, right? Well, it, it is. And uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, I mean, this whole thing is morphing every day, and, and we really don't know what's going to happen. Um, people need to obviously keep things into a little bit of perspective because still across the world, and especially in the United States, because we have really good health care, there's way more people dying of influenza. But that, that could change. And uh, there's a lot of... A lot of um, Sports activities that are limiting fans. There's Mayo Clinic in Lacrosse and Rochester, and all the Mayo facilities. UW Health is uh, restricting access to non-essential uh, people that you know would normally come in. Vendors that would you know talk to their health providers about uh, healthcare professionals about equipment and vaccines and and uh, medicines, and you know they're shutting that down just to try to protect everybody. Chicago. Um, which is well-known for their St. Patrick's Day um, celebration over the weekend where they, you know, make the river green and they have 100,000-plus people uh, there. They, they've canceled that. So I think I, I, I was really interested to hear Joe Gao's measured uh, response. I think it's uh, responsible what they're doing. And, uh, you know, it's just we're, we're facing the unknown. But, but there, is this, there is this thing that needs to be, you know, understood that still way more way more people are dying of influenza than they are of the coronavirus but that's not to say that it couldn't change yeah this is a, a, a essentially a new virus which maybe is hard to understand like a new virus like it's never so nobody's immune to this thing so i don't know if it's like you can compare it to like oh we need to get every, everyone exposed so they become immune but with, or we need to hold out for what a year until there's hopefully a vaccine by a year, or a year and a half, or who knows how long. Well, we don't know what the time frame is for the life span of this virus. I mean, it it could peter out before summer hits, or it could, you know, continue on. We, nobody knows that. But what what is known, based on the demographics, is that people that are sixty-ish and older and have underlying conditions, whether it's diabetes, heart disease, you know, immune systems that are compromised. I even heard people, people that smoke. Really I, heard, at risk. I heard people, even smokers, are going to be a little bit more at risk as well. Yeah, and that's probably true as well. But it's definitely not affecting the college-age uh, people as much. But that's not to say that you, you shouldn't take precautions because, like Joe Gao mentioned, there are people that work on campus that are not college age. College age. Yeah, we'll so, have a guy in here. We'll have a guy in here tomorrow who's up there. <laughs> so, or two guys actually, I might have. So, um, all right, Kevin. Well, anything else? Thanks for the call, man. 
Well, thanks. See you. All right, bye. Yeah, so continuing this, um, uh, the the biggest news, that, like, right, it's March Madness. Everyone's going to be glued to their TV on Tuesday or, or maybe Thursday when the NCAA tournament begins. And they're canceling crowds, essentially. Uh, NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments will be played in near-empty arenas because of concerns of the coronavirus. One of the most momentous public actions has been taken to face the outbreak. Uh, amid swelling recommendations and orders from public health and government officials, NCAA President Mark Emmert announced today the, uh, the games beginning on Tuesday night in Dayton, Ohio, will be played with only essential staff and limited family attendance. Now, that's next week. Well, this weekend, starting tomorrow, the Wisconsin High School Girls Basketball Tournament begins, and they're not canceling crowds. So while UWL, you know, has allowed their sports teams to head to nationals and national championships for the wrestling team, I believe baseball and softball have spring trips around, uh, you know, a week from now, the NCAA tournament. So this giant body is going to cancel crowds at, at, for you know, for the tournament, for the the, the big dance, so seems a little a little crazy. Um, all right, we'll go back to the phones. Joe's calling in. Joe, hey, with all this blithering about this COVID nineteen, has anybody stopped to think about like where that actually came from, or stopped to think about how China hides their biomedical labs in the middle of their uh, industrial high you know population complexes? And, you know, this one obviously is nothing. It's just a cold virus. But what about, you know, we get into another trade war with them and they release a more significant virus? You know, this one's obviously against President Trump for winning the trade war. And they're going to try and shut down all, you know, connections and channels and ruin the United States. But has anybody thought about, you know, maybe this is coming from a biomedical lab? And what happens when they release something that's actually devastating to the population? Instead right. of just all this blithering about how it affects sports or maybe they'll finally bring Trump down, you know, let's think about what's really going on here. Okay, thanks, Joe. Um, that's what you call fake news. <laughs> so I've heard a lot of scientists, doctors say that, no, China didn't create this to, you know, what, take down the United States. Um, I did read about how this has come from essentially the Wildlife trade, the illegal wildlife trade, pangolins. You could read about pangolins and how that's a delicacy in China and how it's an endangered species. It's the most trafficked animal in the world. And, uh, you know, people over there eat this animal for some reason. This, its skin is basically fingernails. And for some reason that, that people eat, you know, the uh, well-to-do get to eat that as a delicacy. And that's possibly how this came to be. Uh, we'll go to Pete. Pete's calling in. Hey, Pete. Rick, how's it going today? Good. Well, you feeling okay? You feeling all right? Every time I cough, I think COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. That's how I do it now. COVID nineteen. Uh, well, uh, I was watching the uh, congressional committee today. Question the uh, uh, CDC guys. Mm-hmm. They're all sitting in a row, and they all took an oath. Every one of them. And uh, they, uh, one of the congressmen asked him, well, how old are these people that are uh, uh, tipping over from uh, coronavirus? And he said, well, most of them are between 80 and 90. So, uh, you know, 80 and 90 years old. So 
Uh, you know, it just seems to me like uh, it's uh, just another version of the flu. <clears throat> I don't know. I think uh, food poisoning is worse, you know. But, uh, I don't think this is going to be a big deal. It'll probably be – nobody will be talking about it next week probably. Yep, that's uh, – nope, we're definitely going to be talking about it next week, Pete. Um that's the other thing. This isn't this isn't uh, gonna fly through the news cycle like everything else seems to be. That's that that's actually another article I was reading about how uh, it, it, this is going to continue. I mean, they've canceled crowds at the NCAA tournament. That's you know, like it, it, you think that's just blithering what, what Joe said, right? But I'm just like that's where we're at. We're the the biggest thing in America next week. What everybody wants to quit work for, takes off work for, and and just watches is the NCAA tournament. So they're canceling crowds for that. That's that's where we're at. Anyway, all right, take a quick break. I'm going to call my friend Heidi here and talk about the, how Seattle is dealing with this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, the Sugarloaf Ford talk in text line, 608-785-7914. My friend Heidi, who lives, I do you live in Seattle, Heidi, or do you do you live just in Washington somewhere else now? Uh, I live in West Seattle. Yes, you're still in the West Seattle. Okay, so um, coronavirus has six people here. It's gotten six people in Wisconsin. Uh, we're starting to cancel... Uh, classes in college. We haven't gone to the high schools, to the lower schools yet. And uh, some of the colleges are on spring break, so they're extending spring break, and then they're going to do a week of online classes, and then they're going to essentially figure it out April 6th. They're going to reconvene and figure out what to do after that. How are you guys dealing with it in Seattle? Um, Well, Governor Jay Inslee just had a big conference today and has banned all events over 250 people that would attend, including concerts and festivals and things like that. Sporting um, events. Mm-hmm. And as well, um, Seattle Public Schools, which is the largest school district in, um, in Washington, has closed all of its schools for at least two weeks. Um, schools were saying until further notice, but we know it's at least two weeks. Um, and many of the private schools had already taken that precautionary um, move and are going to online studies. A big concern for Seattle Public Schools, because it is such a big district, is how to help the, um, the most at-risk students and families. For example, the kids who on free and reduced lunches, how are they going to get um, the resources that they need, many families rely on that benefit through the school. Um, another school on Bashan Island, they have not made the announcement to close yet, but they have a plan in place that kids could come to the school to pick up their meals, um, like a drive-up window. Okay. What if, what if we, instead of canceling schools, because this thing affects older people more, than, and it almost doesn't affect people under 18, what if instead of we canceled schools, we just had lock-ins and the kids just stayed at school the whole time and uh, we had like three-hour-long gym classes and movie nights and it was just the sleepover until, <laughs> until this all passes over? <laughs> well, what they're finding is that they have many staff members that have compromised immune systems. Either they're pregnant, there's also a large staff 
um, that have that are 16 over, a lot of substitute teachers, and they are already noticing um, a decrease in attendance for staff calling in sick. And so it, it was a safety concern not having enough staff to take care of the kids. Okay, right. so and, we'll make those but, teachers, those teachers can go home, but young teachers like you... <laughs> You have to stay at school, and you have to deal with the entire population of students uh, every day, twenty four seven, until the this whole passes over. How's that sound? Wow, that sounds like a tall order, Rick. How about we bring you out and you can play some volleyball with the kids, and you know, yeah, I can think of some charge. stuff to do. I don't want to teach them anything. I don't think I'll teach them anything. Do you guys have? Uh, like like I said, Wisconsin has six cases, I believe. I think Minnesota's around the same. Where do you guys keep count like that? Have you, or is it beyond yeah. that? What's your count up to? I guess we're at least twenty four. I think right now, yeah, okay. twenty four deaths. But there are many more cases. Wasn't it like at least seven hundred fifty cases yeah. in uh, the state of Washington? Right, and and a woman had just a Seattle resident just posted publicly her story. Saying that you know the fact that it the fact I'm saying now that it just affects older people is actually an, a misnomer because of the fact that testing hasn't been widespread. Mm-hmm. Many people, most people, in fact, have not been tested. And this woman went to a party. She's a, she's in her 30s. She went to a party, and 40 percent of the people at the party were deathly ill within a couple days so the virus spreads a lot faster than the flu virus and it's just way more contagious so to me you go to a party thinking hey we're just going to hang out with friends 40 percent of the people get sick from one person that was at the party yeah this is the other problem is it's it's literally a new virus we don't know how it's affecting people and you know the i guess the idea that it doesn't affect people 18 and under and, and and maybe it doesn't, but at this point we 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 don't quite know. But I, I also those kids, those, those those students, those you know eighteen and under year olds, uh, their their immune is probably a little stronger than than you know some people our age. Well, also there was um, I don't know if you heard about the life care center where it became an epidemic at this uh, nursing facility. Um, the first responders they quarantined thirty first responders, firefighters, police who you know, healthy, and um, over half of them came down with flu-like symptoms. So this isn't just affecting the elderly or the people who have compromised immune systems. This is more than just the basic flu. How right? are, you're a teacher, you, you guys are teachers over there in Seattle. Um, how, how how are parents, have you talked to parents about, hey, what am I going to do? My, I have to work. My kids can't just be home. Or is there is there a way to combat that or to, uh, you know, who's watching the kids? Right. So um, I have seen several um, posts by local teachers that are offering to do um, playgroups, um, taking the kids on hikes, um, and these are healthy teachers that are young. Um, so there is a community trying to pull together and say, hey, what resources can we use in the community to help those that um, need need help? Right. And other large corporations are also um have instilled work-at-home programs, so many people are already working from home who would normally be going downtown to office buildings. Um, my neighbors are both lawyers, and they're uh, 
their employers have said, you know what, um, work from home for the next two weeks um, so, so that you can stay safe and, you know, everyone can stay safe. So you're already seeing a decrease in commuter traffic in the mornings and afternoons. Um, people are staying home. The The term is now social distancing. Yeah. So people are doing it um, for to be proactive, but also, as, a, as we mentioned, companies are saying this is what needs to happen. So sure. they're taking it seriously. All right. That's, Heidi, that's all the time I have. Thanks a lot for, for talking to us and, and giving us the update on how Seattle is. is you're kind of ahead of us on this, but um, thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Rick. Uh, yeah, that's my friend Heidi J, teacher out in West Seattle. Who the, you know they, the public school system has canceled classes, so that's probably going to happen here eventually. It's gonna, it's, it's coming, right? It's, it's going to happen. So we're doing it at the university level. But that's all the time I have for today. Uh, Keith Knutson and possibly Joe Heim in here tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk with those guys then. All right, see you later, guys.